Hey all, welcome to Beyond Consulting. I'm your host, Stephen. And before we dive into our guest today, I wanted to thank our sponsor, ECA Partners. They are a retained executive search firm that specializes in placing value creation roles across strategy, finance, and operation. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Bijan Hardison. Bijan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Glad Good. To be here. Great. Yeah, well, thanks so much for, for stopping by ECA headquarters to, to meet with us. Glad that you could, could visit us today. You spent about four years uh, at Accenture, but your journey there is, is, is at least as interesting as uh, what you've done since consulting. And while we usually talk about the, the path after consulting on the podcast here, did want to start a little bit earlier with you to learn how you got to Accenture in the first place. Yeah, um, I'd say it's quite a long journey. My story really starts with my family. I come from a family of 15. My mom adopted nine kids out of foster care, wow. which really kind of helped me become the man I am today with the values and the drive and really the focus on people. Outside of my nine foster siblings, I have two brothers, a stepbrother and a stepsister, and then a half-sister as well. So family parties are quite big, <laughs> quite loud, uh, and it's always interesting. Are you all in LA? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not, we're not all in LA. We're actually kind of spread all across the US. I'm the only one in LA. Uh, my mom and the small kids, they all live in Georgia, outside of Georgia. Um, and then I have four siblings up in Washington. So they keep moving around and I keep sticking around in California. So Great, great. Well, good. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Um, so big family there. And then you went to UC Davis. Was that right out of high school? No, no. So I took a little bit of an alternate route. I wasn't the strongest student um, or a student that was really interested in school all that much. I like to tell people I beat in high school. I was a jock, I played football, I loved hanging out with my friends, and I really wanted to go to college, but I really had no idea how to get there. I'm a first-generation college student, and really all I had on my list was Cal State San Bernardino, and it wasn't the best choice for me at the time. I mean, even if it was, I couldn't have gotten in. And I came home one day, it's my senior year, I come back from hanging out with a friend and there's just a recruiter sitting at my dinner table and I never intended on being in the military, but I was presented with this opportunity. My parents couldn't afford to co-sign loans for me. And at that point, there was really no chance for college. So I decided to enlist into the National Guard, expecting to never go active duty. I ended up spending four and a half years active duty um, doing satellite operations at Vandenberg Air Force Base, um, which was quite fun my commander was an astronaut and she was one of the most amazing people and it really taught me a lot about discipline and life and really like trying to figure things out while i was in the military i was going to community college full-time so that i could transfer out in 2014 i was accepted into uc davis i was on a tag agreement and a tag agreement means that you can't drop below a certain gpa so I'm taking nine classes while balancing a full-time job, and I'm not the strongest at math. I ended up flunking my calculus class, so I really had to kind of figure out what I could do to not get kicked out of Davis before I got in. I decided to leave that summer and just enroll in summer school because it's open enrollment. And then I was taking the calculus class and doing a pretty good job about it, and I got a call from UC Davis saying that they were going to rescind my offer. I told them, 
you can't rescind my offer. I already moved out of my house. I'm already here and I'm taking class. Thankfully, they told me that I could stay as long as I passed the class. So I passed the class and the rest is history for UC Davis. Wow. So you were joined the military four years active duty, but you were in the National Guard for eight years, was it, all, all yeah, together? Yeah, all together I was in for eight years. So how did that, was that through college as well? You stayed and you know, did weekends? Or, or yeah, okay. exactly right, yeah. So I stayed and I was, I was a weekend warrior doing one weekend a month, balancing my school and you know, really just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in college. I knew something, you know, business oriented. I was an econ major, econ and communication is double major. And I found this consulting club and I kind of fell in love. I did a, they had just like this on site where Accenture came in and I met this man, his name was Mark Dodge. He was a military vet. And I was just kind of enamored by the way he talked mm -hmm. and his suit. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. After that, my mission was just to get into Accenture. Didn't matter how I was going to do it. I was going to get into an Accenture. And in the meantime, my grades weren't that great. I came in with a 3.2 from community college and really struggled with these big lecture halls of 150 students and then balancing, balancing that and then college boxing as well, where I was competing. Oh, wow. And I was just doing a terrible job of it. Um, I was great at boxing, <laughs> but terrible at school. And I kept trying to submit my resume to Accenture and they would not take it. They're like, dude, you don't got a 3.2. We're not going to take you. Just don't even try, basically. Wow. Do they, they have a minimum GPA? Yeah. They yeah. had a minimum GPA. So I was like, I want to work for this company. I'm going to figure it out. So I started looking into veteran programs and I found one for enlisted guys because at the time Accenture was recruiting heavily for officers, but they weren't recruiting for prior enlisted. And they had this Java class that you could take and then they would hire you. So I got in touch with the recruiter and I told them, I don't want to learn Java. Yeah. Like I want to be a consultant. I'm going to UC Davis. I have my degree in econ or I'm getting my degree in econ. And he was like, all right, just hold on. Just we're, we're making a program just wait. That program took about a year and a half to launch. Oh, wow. this is a program at Accenture. And then you were working with an, an Accenture recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. It took a year and a half to launch. Wow. So thankfully, this was I started in my junior year. And I'm emailing this guy like every six weeks, like, when's this going to start? When is this going to start? I finally graduate college and I got put on orders to go to Colorado to go to training because my uh, job was changing. In the middle of the training, I get an email and they're like, hey, we want you to come to interview in Chicago at our headquarters on Veterans Day. We have a whole veteran cohort of enlisted guys and officers and we're gonna let you guys interview. So I was like, all right, this is great. So I'm part of this very first enlisted cohort of people going into consulting for Accenture and it's really exciting. I'm kind of losing myself. I'm yeah. like, what is going on here? I got to make sure that I'm prepared. I buy every case book that I can. And I buy these huge post-it notes. And I'm reading these books and just doing case studies and just slapping them on the wall. And I'm living in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living in a hotel for six months. And I'm just, just doing as much as I can to make sure that I'm prepared for this interview. I finally get to the interview and I'm nervous, right? Yeah. Probably just as much as I'm nervous right now, to be quite honest. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not sure like how well this is going to go if I'm prepared enough. And 
I wake up 4 a.m. because I want to study yeah. <laughs> for this interview. And I'm just all hyped up on caffeine. I think at the end of the day, I had like 12 shots of espresso. Wow. And I was the very last person to interview. Wow. And so like my nerves are destroyed. Like five o'clock in the evening you had this interview or? Yeah, it was, I was at four and wow. it's a super day. Mm-hmm. So it's a super day. I have three interviews and I'm just nerve wracked. I end up doing really, really well in the interview. And I get a call from the recruiter a couple weeks later and he's like, Bijan, um, we want to offer you the job. We're going to give you your top choice in LA. Do you have a 2.8? Mm. The same GPA I needed for UC Davis. Do you have at least a 2.8? And I was like, ah, well, kind of. He's like, well, what do you mean kind of, Bijan? Like it needs to be a 2.8. Yeah. I had a 2.795. Oh, wow. So it depends on how they round. And again there goes my nerves and it's like i may not get this job because of the same reason that i almost didn't get into uc davis um so there's like a pattern there right like not the strongest student but really just determined to get to where he wants to go they gave me a shot i did and so i went to la and did really well the first couple years i got promoted really quickly to consultant and then like things started to change initially i was really chasing like titles and you know the promotion and the salary but there was always some expense right there's always some sacrifice that had to be given like whether it was the military whether it was with college whether it was with you know consulting and so my views really started to change and i had an incident with one of the senior managers there and it didn't make me feel so great so i decided to and this is during COVID, where a lot of people are kind of feeling this languishing and like anguish and disconnectedness. Um, and I really didn't know what to do. I just know like it just it it felt terrible. So I got hit up by one of my friends. He's like, "Hey, I have a role over here at this other startup. I think you'd be great for it. You should apply." I applied, knocked the interview out of the park on their second choice and they end up coming back and giving me the offer. Wow. I thought the grass was greener. Mm-hmm. I really, really thought the grass was greener. And I was like, oh, I get to come out of this. I get to leave this point where I'm feeling so much anguish and languishing and not feeling that I'm being seen or heard or seen that I'm doing well in my career, right? So it's like, I knew I was working extremely hard, but I wasn't getting the feedback that I wanted. So I was like, the grass has to be greener, mm-hmm. right? My boss was this amazing retired Marine that I was going into. And I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. What company is this? Uh, this is LiveRamp. LiveRamp? Mm-hmm. What do they do? So they're an ad tech company. Okay. So think of kind of like TV advertising for like Hulu, like more like mm-hmm. the connected ad space, the digital ad space that like, how are we? Like, for example, Steven, they're making kind of like a personal ID on you. Yeah. So it's like, how do we take what we know about Steven, distribute that to our partners so they could better and accurately target him? Okay. Yeah, and this is in LA as well? Well, this is based in San Francisco. Okay. Was it a move? Did you have to move to? Well, it was COVID. Okay. So they yeah. wanted me to, but they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to, to Live Ramp. And the reason why I was their second choice 
is because it was a sales enablement role. And while I was a consultant and all the work that I did was change management and learning and design, mm-hmm. I had zero sales experience. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about what you were doing at Accenture. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, skip right over that one, didn't <laughs> A lot of the work was change management and learning and design. I kept finding myself building out products to teach people things. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I've always kind of fallen into that lane. Even in the military, I would build checklists and trainings for our folks. And while I was at Accenture, I, I did a lot of the same work. So one of my last projects was with a loan origination service for mortgages, mm-hmm. and they were implementing a brand new software for their internal team and their external partners. Mm-hmm. So we had this really tight deadline because the regulations was, the regulations had just changed on loan origination. So we had seven months to really build out a whole entire program for wow. on the internal and partner side. Um, so that was some of the work I did there. I built out their external partner training, which was, I had a lot of fun because I really got to kind of use like that future minded work where mm-hmm. we built out the course where we would have live sessions but then we would really focus on tailoring the learnings to each type of individual. Yeah, great. So wanted to rewind a little bit. I know that you joined Accenture, uh, a, diff- a bit of a different route. You said that you were the first cohort of this new program. Is that, was it parallel to the more traditional type of paths into consulting or was it different projects, different team structures? Tell us a little bit about the what your Accenture days looked like. That was the best part, mm-hmm. um, was before, and pretty recently for, for most companies, there wasn't a lot of equity between enlisted programs and officer programs. So, you know, your officers are seen as more polished, right? Because in most cases, they really are, mm-hmm. right? They, they go to college for four years, they have their career, they're leading people, there's lots of program management, and then you have the enlisted guys who come in with sometimes not a lot of college experience, maybe not a lot of experience at all. So those programs are very divergent, right? So where an enlisted program would be task-oriented, the officer program would be maybe more leadership-oriented, mm-hmm. project management-oriented. This was their first program when they put enlisted and officers on the same footing. So I was coming in as a regular consultant, right? So I could do just as much as the officer could do, but the only difference was an officer probably would come in at a a higher level because they have that type of experience. Mm -hmm. Were you hired for any of your military experience? Yes and no, right? So we were hired because of our experience and our experience being that we know how to learn, right? Mm-hmm. We know how to pick things up. We know how to follow direction. We know how to team, mm-hmm. right? So the roles were really agnostic of the specific experience that we had from our military backgrounds. But what was interesting is you could also make a career path out of that military specific um, skills that you had. Mm-hmm. So while I mainly focused on, you know, tech and finance in my career as a consultant, my career started off in aerospace and defense. Okay. So I worked with with Boeing. It was like one of my first projects. Yeah. So you could really lean heavily on it. 
or or not, right? Or maybe get a different flavor, which was also really cool. Good. That is exciting. And it's four years there. And you moved up a couple of times while at Accenture. Was that just leading larger and larger teams? Well, so not necessarily. So I came in at just, you know, as an analyst. Mm-hmm. And really, as I was developing my career, I was just taking larger and larger roles. Accenture, you're really not leading large teams until you're about a manager. I, as a consultant, I ran a team of like three or four, but nothing really larger than that. Yeah. So I had to Accenture for about four years and then the, the jump to LiveRamp. Did LiveRamp often hire people out of consulting? I actually had a few friends that came out of consulting at LiveRamp. Yeah. But they, they hired really from everywhere because they're such a interesting, you know, when you blend tech and advertising together, like you're going to get some interesting folks. So you'll see some folks from consulting. You'll see some folks from like the advertising side hmm. from the provider side as well okay interesting started chatting about that story can you dive into to detail there it was a very interesting role uh like i said i had no sales experience but they really they liked me for my change management experience and i was there for only about a year a little less than a year um, and had a similar experience to accenture which, which left me kind of languishing and really not knowing where my next role was going to be or, or if I could even be in that company any longer. To be quite honest, like, I'll be a little vulnerable here. Like, I got put on a pip and I didn't know what to do because I knew that it wasn't my performance that was necessarily lacking, but really I wasn't resourced effectively. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, as a consultant, we really we know what we need in order to get a project done, and I had to let the, the staff know, and I wasn't able to get those resources. So as that happened, I I really wanted to solve the problem, and I didn't really know where to start. So I think the first time anybody feels like they're languishing or maybe that you know they're not feeling too hot, they typically get a therapist. So that's where I went, mm-hmm. and I was meeting with this therapist. And I wasn't really seeing the results that I wanted at all. Huh. I ended up getting diagnosed with adult ADHD and even medication for that didn't help me because it only caused me more anxiety. And then I got this ad for better up and I was like, I'm already throwing tons of money at this problem. Like what's it going to hurt if I just throw some more money at it? So I start paying for this subscription and it's, you know, this individualized one-on-one coaching platform where they're really trying to focus on leading you to an outcome that you want, right? Helping you change things about yourself personally and professionally to really move you along that that path from languishing to thriving. And I got this amazing coach. And I was working with her like bi-weekly trying to just figure my life out. Like what is going on? Why am I languishing? Why am I on this pip? What can I do? And it turns out there really wasn't anything I could do, like, because I just was not a good fit for this company. And ultimately, that's okay. Like, I'm sure you hear a lot from these stories, like everybody, they're going through, they're thriving, it's perfect fit, right? Like, I have been looking for my fit for years. So I'm like, well, what the hell do I do? So I, I grew so much through these two to three months that I was with this coach. And I'm just going to shout her out. Her name is Karen Dahl. She's she's still my coach today. I will not get rid of her. 
I just, I had like got so much mental clarity and really figured, like really knew what it was that I needed that I was like, I just have to work for better up. Right. Wow. Really? That's yeah. <laughs> like it changed my life. Yeah. Like I need to work for this company and help change other people's lives. I was throwing in my resume, dead silent again, just mm-hmm. like Accenture. Did you let your coach know that you were playing? I did. Yeah. And we'll get to that part yeah. in a minute. So I was like just throwing my resume into anything that I thought that I could be an applicant for and nothing was sticking. And I was able to get a second coach through Better Up. Turns out he was a recruiter there. What? <laughs> and I was telling him about my story and everything that I was going through. He was like, why don't you let me push your resume through? Like, you're clearly qualified for this role. So I applied for this role. I didn't get the role. But he was like, well, why don't you just take an entry level role? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so had you applied twice at this point? I applied more than twice. Yeah. I had applied to probably four or five different roles. Wow. Like sales enablement, CSM, like any role that I thought that I'd be a fit. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned, well, maybe maybe you should apply for a entry-level role, like get your foot in the door. And it kind of goes back to, you know, my mindset changing from chasing titles and salary and promotions to, well, what's going to be a good fit for me? What's going to help fill up my cup? And I swallowed my pride and I was like, let's do it. Yeah. And when was this? So you were at Live Ramp during COVID. So this is a fairly recent recent move. My one year anniversary is in two weeks. Okay. September 13th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I interview, I get the role. They put me in a startup within a startup. So I worked for the, on the, the public sector side, um, doing partnership development for our team there. And while it is an entry level role, it has been the most challenging role that I've ever <laughs> done in my life. The amount of rejection that you get doing cold calls, cold outreach. It takes a special person to be okay with it. Yeah. And I've learned a lot about myself and the company, quite frankly, has been so supportive of everybody there and like really lives and breathes its values. Wow. Tell us, is it, is it a, it's a coaching platform itself? That's what the, the company is? Yeah, so it's a human transformation platform is what we call it, okay. right? So while coaching is one way or one thing that we do, our platform does a lot of things. So essentially when an organization or an individual is using our platform and we onboard you, we're assessing you to really kind of figure out where you are, right? So think of like an Enneagram, Myers-Briggs type test. But those are very static, right? Yeah. Like, I'm an ENF, I'm an ENFP, right? So I'm an ENFP forever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change. Okay. Uh, but our assessments, we take a crack at these 30 mindsets and behaviors, right? So there's split between these two buckets. So thriving, how do you thrive as an individual? So emotionally, physically, mentally, and then how do you inspire as a leader? So how do you delegate and support others? And how do you lead others? Assess you on those 30 mindsets and behaviors. We actually plot you across those 30 mindsets. Is this a career-focused assessment or just an individual, how do you feel better yourself sort of assessment? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Because in most coaching instances, 
what are they like, right? Yeah. I want to focus directly on your career. Mm-hmm. And while that works for a lot of people, in the instance that I needed, right, when I was working with my coach, I needed something personal, right? Like the career thing was, if I figured out the career thing at Libram, I still would have been languishing in my role. Yeah. But I needed to figure out personally, right, untangle my own personal values, like really swim through the muck of the values that are given to you and the values that actually are, right? Does that make, am I making sense? Yes, yeah, I think so. So you take an assessment and you kind of figure those out, right? Mm -hmm. You get assigned to your coach and then four months later, you actually do a reassessment and you can actually track how far you've come across those 30 mindsets and behaviors. Okay. So it sounds like you've been working with the same coach for, for quite a while here, but you've, you've of course, probably passed that assessment and then reassessment stage. Yeah. So what does the process look like after the, the initial? You're you know, continually so? getting reassessed okay. every four, four months, right? And it's, it's interesting to watch because, you know, you can't be 100% mm-hmm. on all these 30 mindsets and behaviors. So really based on what you're going through, they're going to change, right? Like I've seen when I first started at BetterUp that my supporting others was really low, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was an individual contributor. I'm not really kind of teaming as much as I'd like, really kind of just focus on like, I need to hit my number. I need to make sure that I'm learning. I need to make sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing. But as I've grown across this new career and I've taken those learnings, now I'm sharing those learnings. So my supporting others is actually growing, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you'll see your self-awareness grow as well uh, as you're able to understand like some, what I call gales, right? Some like limiting beliefs. You're able to kind of really see those and understand those really a lot more quickly and reframe it. That, that is good. I think it's helpful for our audience to just hear a little bit about that that product as well. Were, were many of your colleagues users before they joined the company? No. No? I, I am one of a few. Yeah. Um, there, there are, there, every day there's more and more now, especially as our, as our user base grows. Mm-hmm. Like we have some really great partners with Google and NASA and the Department oh, wow. of the Air Force. So they're using the product for their, you know, astronauts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, quite, it's quite neat. I came from the direct to consumer side, which is kind of this burgeoning new business, but on the organizational level, it was actually really interesting too. Mm-hmm. So I told you about like individually how it works. At the organizational level, we can actually roll all the data up for your organization and cross section it and see how your organization is doing like across those different 30 mindsets and behaviors, yeah. what topics they're focused on and things of that nature. How would an executive use that information? Would it help them better align teams or, or, or move folks around to, to put them in situations where they can perform their best? Yeah, so the best way for an executive to use a platform like BetterUp is really to come to come in with an idea of how you want to use it, right? Yeah. Programmatically, everybody is using it differently. Because I'm on the, the government side, I can talk a little bit more about like how, how we're using it on, on the gov side. So in some instances, we're focused on that top level leadership within the government. They have what are called ECQs, which are like their leadership competencies. 
So what we'll do is we'll map those leadership competencies to our competencies, our 30 mindsets and behaviors. Mm -hmm. So they can track how their leaders are coming along. In another instance, NASA, they have what they call tiger teams, which are these really highly technical individuals who know their stuff really well, but may not be the best collaborators or may or could collaborate better. Mm-hmm. So they'll use coaching to help them kind of team faster and better okay. and get better results. That is exciting. So lots of uses for this. Uh, I know you started at in a, what you call it, an entry level job there, and it's a sales focused role. Your consulting days were not sales focused. Yeah, it sounds like. What were some of the tools that, that translated well into this new position from your consulting days and then maybe some of the gaps that you had to fill in just kind of off the cuff? The stuff that I use daily is kind of like that figure it out mentality, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of where you are consulting and regardless of what frameworks they give you, there is always this level of like, dude, you just got to kind of figure it out, yeah. right? That there's really no, there's no rule book for it. So that's been really helpful. What has been hard for me is within consulting, especially when you're at those lower levels, you know, as a consultant or an analyst, you're really looking for the validation in your work because, you know, everything is so extremely important, right? Yeah. But consulting's helped me so much. It's given me a framework for how to do my work. Good. That is good to hear. Any advice that you would give people in consulting right now maybe looking to to make a change follow your gut yeah your gut's going to tell you exactly what you need don't dismiss it mm-hmm. it's and do hard things and ask for forgiveness not permission yeah good well i think that is something that, I, that a lot of folks at a lot of our listeners could take to heart there and it's helpful for them to sounds like take risks right think you know what feels right, jump in. Because uh, it's okay if you, if you mess it up, right? It sounds like LiveRamp wasn't the best fit and you were able to, to make a jump after that. It wasn't easy, it took some work. It sounds like a few applications out there, uh, but you were able to make it happen. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, good. Uh, well, Bijan, you know, really enjoy you telling us your story here. Quite an exciting path uh, in consulting and, and beyond. And of course, before that as well, to, to get into Accenture. Really appreciate you you stopping by today. Yeah, no, I appreciate being here. This was a really fun conversation. And yeah, again, I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much, Bijan. Yeah. So Bijan, it sounds like things are going really well at BetterUp. If folks did want to use the platform, how could they go about that? Yeah, if you want to use the platform, um, just go ahead. You can go to betterup.co and you can book a demo there. You can also reach out to me at bijan.hardison at betterup.co and I'll make sure to get you to the right folks to help set that up. Good, and and that's great. We can put some of that information uh, in the description here as well so the folks can find you easily. Um, And then if you want to get to know me a little bit more, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, My name will be in the description. My link will be in the description. I also have my own coaching business as well. Really kind of focus on helping people self-actualize and helping them really find out who they want to be and where they're going. And you can go to interstate.io for that. Interstate.io? 
Okay, good. Well, we'll, we'll be happy to put that in the description as well so folks can find that. Bijan, that sounds great. So it sounds like you, like like always in your career, you have a, a few things going on at once. Always. I mean, you got to stay busy um, and you got you to constantly, constantly be growing, right? Yeah. Good. Good.